When you're in between pastors, it's easy to maybe not come to church as much. But my belief is we need to be in church more than ever. Um, We need to be very faithful to coming to church during this time. I know you are faithful. Most of you here are very faithful in, in serving the Lord. That's what the Sunday night crowd usually is. Uh, keep coming on Sunday nights. Keep coming on Sunday mornings unless you're sick or out of town. And we're going to get through this. Amen? God's got just the right person if we pray if we pray and tonight that's what we're going to talk about is prayer if I was to have a title for this message it would have two titles the one title would be prayer changes people and events and the other title would be simply this the limit, 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 ugh, limitless, limitless, I said simply, and I couldn't pronounce it, limitless possibilities of prayer. Think about that. Just, I'm not going to say anything for about 10 seconds. Think about that. The limit, limitless possibilities of prayer. Does everybody have one of these? I won't mention any names, but somebody very close to me said this looked like it was a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> I won't mention any names. <laughs> oh. But anyway, this, this is scripture we want to look at. And where it says Joshua, that's the front page. I didn't number it, I should have. And that's the back page. And it looks like a lot of scripture we're going to look at, but a lot of times when I preach, I use that much scripture. It's just, I don't put it like that. I want you to keep that with you and and look at that. There's one, believe it or not, there's one passage of scripture that I did not put in there that I want you to open your Bibles to, and later we will look at um, Matthew 17, 20. Matthew 17, 20. So if you have a Bible or your, your app or whatever on your phone, uh, Matthew 17, 20, we're going to look at that later on. But um, we're not going to get to that right now. If if you are a Christian here tonight, then you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you did not just become a Christian by chance. Somebody prayed for your salvation. For me, it was my parents, my grandparents, the people at my church. 
Is that true? Right? There might have been somebody that just stumbled along and, and, and became a Christian and without somebody praying for it. But I bet, I'm mad, I don't bet, but I imagine everybody here, somebody was praying for you. I know Helen's parents were saints of the church. They prayed for your salvation, right, Helen? And so, we're here tonight not by chance. We're here tonight because somebody, long time ago, all, all, most of the people that prayed for me for my salvation aren't even on the, are living anymore. They prayed. And because of that, I'm standing here tonight, and you're sitting here tonight, and you're involved in ministry, and you're part of this church. You're the church here at Broadway because somebody prayed for you. Wow. Double wow. If somebody, and, and I meet people all the time, you, you know what, you all know what I do, and you know I see a bunch of people that are not Christians, and there's a bunch of people that nobody prays for them. They, and a lot of people, they're, they're as old as Jack. And nobody's prayed for them. And that's old. <laughs> I mean, there are older, there are, there are people who go through their whole life Years and years and years, and nobody prays for them. Yet somebody prayed for you, and you are here tonight. And we are the church that we are, for better or for worse, because people prayed for us. And because of their persistent prayers Jesus Christ is Lord of your life wow you see prayer really does change people and he can change you even those of us that have been Christians forever God still wants to change us did you know that and you need to pray for me, and I need to pray for you. We need to pray for one another. It's so important. Prayer is so important. I want us to look at prayer tonight. At times, your heart may have been emptied. You prayed, and, but, and God filled you with love and joy. At times your heart ached and God comforted you. You may have asked for something and God heard your cry. Every time you speak to God in prayer, He hears you and He helps you in and through that prayer. Whether you're hurting, He helps to heal your hurt and your comfort and all of that. Your prayer has changed 
situations after situations after situations because God heard your prayer. And when we do that, we can stand amazed at what a great God we serve. Amen? I want us to look at some of these scriptures here. And the first one, I could, I could have picked just about anything in the Bible, but this one always interested me. So I picked this one. And it had to, this happened because the people were praying. It says, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, we're on Joshua 10, 12 through 14, gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the, man, so the sun excuse me, stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jezar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There was never a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord, what does it say? Listened to the human being. <laughs> Think of the things we pray for. And they prayed for that. And it happened. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. I'm not going to get into all of how that happened. Uh, you can, you got a computer, you can look that all up. Uh, I don't want to get distracted with that, but but what, what happened was that the sun basically seemed to be in one place for a long time. And the interesting thing is, as scientists look back, they believe there was a day like that. And another thing is, there was other cultures that talked about the, that their custom, uh, their, their tradition talked about a day like that. Now we know, now they believed that back then that the sun went around the earth. Well, we know better than that. And yet I think it's funny because we still use that terminology. The sun rises, the sun moves over, and then the sun sets, right? But the amazing thing is these people prayed for this because it was going to help Israel. And we're not, again, I'm not going to get into all that it is. That would be a good thing for you to study. And it happened. That's what I'm trying to get to, to you today. That it happened. Just think if we prayed like that and this church, not, and it wasn't for selfish reason. It was so God could be glorified and, and Israel could be lifted up and, and, and victory could be theirs. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about that. But think about it if we just dared to pray some things, what God could do.
And then the second one, it, it's kind of long. And I told Joyce, this is not a passage of Scripture that you can read fast. Because Elijah and Elijah are so similar. But the reason I want to read this is because this, none of this would have happened unless Elijah and Elijah were in contact with God and prayer. They, they were in tune with God through prayer. And so let's read this. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah were on their way from Gilgad. Elijah said to Elijah, yeah, I wish they had different names. But, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. I'm going to stop right there. Okay, I, I, this is just a real quick story. I was in college. And smart me felt led. Uh, I was asked to preach at my sister's church in Champaign, Illinois. Smart me said, Lord, I felt led to preach on this. And so here I am, you know, I hadn't preached very much. And I was, I was so concentrated on making sure. So I thought I did all right. My brother-in-law, you got to know my brother-in-law. I mean, he's, he'll tell you. <laughs> he said, you know, you messed up a few times. <laughs> so hopefully I won't mess up here. Anyway, so Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah is said, As surely as the Lord lives, you live. I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elijah and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elijah replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elijah. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you, because God told Elijah to go with him. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elijah and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elijah had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Why, why did that happen? Did Elijah just say, I'm just going to now, I'm just going to put my cloak down and, and, and this is going to happen. No. 
He was in contact with the Lord. He was praying before that to the Lord. The Lord showed him what to do. And prayer isn't always me getting on my knees and praying. Sometimes prayer is just walking down the street and the Lord speaks to you. That's prayer. Prayer is communicating with God. You with God and God with you. And so sometimes God says, hey you, I want you to do this. And I say, okay Lord, I'll do it. That's prayer. At least to me that is. And so God had told Elijah to put that cloak down. Again, some miraculous happened. You know, we always talk about Moses and all of that. But he put it down. Uh, He said, Elijah took the cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared, separated the two of them, and Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. Why did he do that? Because God told him that's what was going to happen. Again, prayer. He knew that. He knew that that was going to happen. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. Then he took hold of the garment and tore it in two. Elijah then picked up Elijah's coat that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord God of Elijah? He asked. Then he struck the water. So he's asking the Lord, where is he? And it divided right to left. So the Lord said, here I am. That's not what it says. But, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elijah. They went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And then Elijah helped lead after that. But none of that would have happened if Elijah and Elijah didn't listen to the Lord. Think about I can see John leaning up here going, woo! Think about this. If we really pray like that and have the faith like that, what God can do for our church. I'm not talking about an emotional uprising. I'm talking about doing things that we would 
sit back and say, wow, God has parted the river. You know, we can't do that because it's on the other side of the river. There's no way that we can do this ministry or do this or God can do this in the church because it's on the other side. And God tells us, believe. And God tells us, put your cloak down and believe. And I will part the river so my will will be done. Amen. So, let's go on. Psalm 81.10 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. He's talking to Israel. Open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open it up. He wants to fill us. In other words, open our hearts up. God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Open it up. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Woo. And then these are very similar, but, but they're different situations. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, you have the faith you have faith and no doubt, do not doubt. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. <coughs> Mark eleven twenty two and 24. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, anyone who says to the mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt it. Their heart but believes that they, what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That would be good for us to do as a church. Um, and then Luke 17, 5 through 6. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase your faith. He replied, You have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can, if you have, excuse me, faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the smallberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And then, last one before, uh, then we'll take a little break from looking at the scripture. Well, just a very little break. <laughs> um, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.
How many times have we knocked at the door of God? And he said, I'm busy. No, thank you. We're not, I'm not home. No. And God opens it every time. If we knock, he will open. He invites us in. You see, God loves his children, and he wants to give us good gifts. James 1 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. It was prayer that, that opened the doors and produced good gifts. Our great and mighty God is able to give great answers to prayer. God is able to answer prayer to any extent any extent, provided that to answer the prayers, that these prayers would be right. I mean, they have to be right. They have to be in God's will. You see, God cannot lie. God cannot sin. God cannot be tempted. God can, in his infinite power and authority, do anything that is right, and he wants to do that in your life. Not only does God have the power to give mighty answers to prayer, but he has the disposition to do it. That's who he is. He's a, pers- he's a being, a person that wants to do it, an uh, uh, almighty God. Did you know God delights in answering prayers for big things? He is waiting for you as an individual and us in church to pray for big things. And to have the great faith. Well, you know, let's just pray for these little things and and be satisfied. God is just on the edge of his seat, if God sits, and he's waiting to give us great big things. Not things to spoil us, but things that will bring glory to him and to his kingdom and that will win people to the Lord. He delights in that. He not only is infinite and almighty, but he is a loving heavenly father to his children. If the creation of the universe proves God's power, then the giving of his only begotten son and redeeming love and saving the lost proves his willingness to bless us. Let's look at Romans 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If God's willing to give us only begotten son, just think what he wants to give us. He's willing to go that far to give his only begotten son. He wants to... 
I tell you, God's just waiting to bless us. We just need to pray and ask God to do it. We need to pray that God's spirit would be in the services that, 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 that I can remember as a kid, and I can remember a couple of times when I was pastoring, and sometimes we couldn't wait we couldn't wait till Wednesday night. We couldn't wait till Sunday morning. Because God's Spirit was moving. But, it, what, but that's not good enough. You know that? That's not good enough. It only stays and it's only true when you're at work or you're talking to that neighbor that gets on your nerves on a Tuesday afternoon and their dog just did business in your yard again and you just stepped in it. <laughs> Praise the Lord! That's when it shows, you know, you can go over there and go, or you can look at it as an opportunity to witness to that neighbor. Maybe that would be the opportunity to invite them to the church. And years later, that person said, you know how I got to know the Lord? Because my neighbor stepped in my dog's poop. We think that's funny, and we think that, but, but we need to find every opportunity to share Christ so that we can have the services that I'm talking about. Now, I'm not talking about emotional uprising. I'm talking about spirit-filled services where God is at work and and. and but it only happens through prayer. God is able and willing to give mighty things to change people and events. We're just, we just think little. Too many times we think we ask too much of God. When in fact, many times the problem is he is grieved that we don't ask enough. We are privileged people and because of that we can work with God and change the course of events and times and we can make the sun stand still. We can tell the mountain to move. Some of us, some of you have some mountains in your life. And they're, they're, they're tearing you down. They've got you down. You're almost down for the count. Ask God to move that mountain. And he will. Maybe not the way you think he will, but he will move that mountain. Some of you might just have some hills that need moved. Maybe not great big things. God will move your mountains. 
When we pray, changes happen outwardly and inwardly. All our specific petitions may not be granted, and our circumstances might not change. We might not be healed physically. We might not have all that, that we need, and our family situations might not be like it should be. But if we pray, I guarantee you this, we will change. I will change. And when I change, God is glorified. Amen. God, the changes God makes in us change those around us. A family or a church may be under some great strain financially, family relationships, church relationships, health problems, you name it. The tension can then turn to anger, unkindness, and family or church strife. But the family or the church prays. Did you hear me? The family, if it's in the family or it's the church, the church prays. If there's strife in the church and you have strife with somebody, pray. Amen? Guess what? You do all that and sometimes the problems still exist. But God can bring love and joy and peace and unity into your home and into the church. That is great change brought about by prayer. God has greater things for us than we know how to pray for. Let's look at Matthew 17, 20 in our Bible. And we're getting close to the end, and everybody said amen. He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have the faith as small as the mustard, and we, we've read that part, you can say this mountain move from here to there. We read that part, and it will move. But we didn't read this part. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. You see, the disciples had been able to cast out the demon in this little boy and they asked Jesus why couldn't we why couldn't we cast him out why couldn't we do this and Jesus answered that it was because of their unbelief and assured them that they were right to pray for big things even greater things asking the moving the mountain and all of that he said if, if you have the faith you can do it and then he gave him this startling promise. Nothing, again, is impossible for you. It's the message. The message says it this way. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. See, there's nothing that, that is impossible to those who pray with faith. Let us dare to pray mighty things to and for, from God. You see, prayer does change people and events. 
We must believe that with all of our hearts. We must believe in the impossible and ask the impossible. Not selfish, self-serving way, but in a way that will give God the glory and his kingdom will be advanced. If we pray that God would really come upon this church, then it's not because of me getting up here and preaching or any of you doing whatever. It's because we prayed and God came. True prayer, proper prayer, always, not sometimes, but always, makes some kind of difference somehow, somewhere. Anytime we touch God, things are not the same. In closing, I want you to think about that. Every time you pray, every time you pray, things will never be the same. Every time you pray, something changes. It might be the situation or it might just be you. Every time you pray, you get closer to God. When Joyce and I first started dating, before we got serious, how how did we get serious? What did we do? Every date got a little bit more serious and we talked to each other and we found out about what we liked and we didn't like until we decided to commit to each other. And so we changed. Every time we saw each other, we changed. And that's the way prayer is. We change. We're a different person. We're never the same after we pray. And a lot of times when we pray with that great faith, God will change the situation. Are you satisfied with your prayer life? Think about that. Are you, are you satisfied with it? I'm not satisfied with mine. I need to do better. Is it powerless? Let us think big when we pray, believing our mountains can be, be moved. Believe it and claim it today. I want to read in closing to these two passages of Scripture from the message. But Jesus was matter of fact, yes, and if you embrace this kingdom life and don't doubt it, <clears throat> you will not only do minor feats like I did to the fig tree, but also triumph over huge obstacles. This mountain, for instance, you'll tell, go jump in the lake, and it will jump. Absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, as you make it part of your believing prayer, gets included as you lay hold of God. And then I I like this. It's the message, the Lord's Prayer and the message. I mean, I don't want it to take the place of of the traditional Lord's Prayer, but I like what it says. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques of getting what you want from God. That sounds like just going to any Christian bookstore. 
That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, don't fall for that nonsense. It's a lot of, some of it's not nonsense, but some of it is. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. I like this part here. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe that's the way we should end our prayer sometimes and say amen. Amen's great, but sometimes we just, it's appropriate to say yes, yes, yes. The question as we close is this. Do you want to stay the same as an individual? And do we want to stay the same as a church? Or do we want to see the impossible happen? We can do that by praying, 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 and praying big. God wants us to. Let's stand. Maybe you've been struggling with your prayer life and you'd like to come and pray there's talking about prayer this there's no greater place to come and pray than here at the altar i i this is let's see i've been here almost i've been here over 19 years and so we're in custer when he left, and then Hind, this the, the third change I've been in. And every time I believe this, that when we're in between pastors, we need to, I mean, we really need to do it with the pastors here, but we really, really need to pray extra, extra hard. Because the devil comes in when we don't have, sometimes we don't have the shepherd And he, and he wants the flock to go that way and that way and do their thing. Let's pray that we will have unity, as I preached about a few weeks ago. But also pray for big things, that God will do big things in our church. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. that you not only love us, but you love us more than we can understand. And you want to do great and mighty things through us as individuals in a church. Help us not just to have the faith of a mustard seed, but more, of a, more than a mustard seed. Lord, I believe there's some people here tonight that, are, that have mountains in their lives that seem almost impossible to move. I pray right now that they will see that 
they can have these mountains moved. Lord, sometimes when we're in between pastors, it seems like there's a, there's a mountain there. And when there's mountains, Lord, we know that you can't really see on the other side of the mountain. But if the mountains move, we can see. And so, Lord, we pray that you will open our eyes as we see the mountains in our church and in our own lives moved. Again, Lord, help us to be a praying church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, and I...